The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's 10 minutes after 8. Uh, it's a Monday and thank you so much for tuning into the Forum at 8. Now, last week on the show, we discussed issues around the traditional courts bill and some of the listeners called and they suggested we broaden this discussion uh, to put more emphasis on calls for the decolonization of our traditional systems. Now, the traditional courts bill, as approved by Cabinet for Public Consultation, seeks to affirm the role of traditional courts and align them with the Constitution of the Republic. It intends to regulate dispute resolution under customary law in accordance with the Constitution and also to provide access to justice for millions of South Africans who live in rural areas and are subject to traditional leadership. Now, several attempts to have it passed were rejected by civil society and people in the rural areas, insisting that some of the provisions were unconstitutional in that it failed in, 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 in part to address the concern that women do not get a fair hearing in many traditional courts, uh, which are often ruled in accordance with patriarchal value systems that are endemic in traditional communities. So uh, Deputy Minister of Justice uh, John Jeffrey has described the new heavily revised bill as one which would make everyone happy. Uh, But, of course, the jury is still out on that. So this morning on the Forum at 8, we've actually gone back to that discussion and a previous one that we had last year uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Lushaba, uh, Dr. Lwazi Lushaba, about uh, decolonization. So we're bringing the two together this morning to continue this conversation about what it actually means, uh, this decolonized mindset and how it actually plays out practically. Uh, What does it mean? And very interesting questions already coming through. Comments as well. Uh, This one from uh, God-fearing beast says, Christianity, religious uh, and, and, and the media, they are the greatest weapons against black people uh, and keeps them colonized. Um, Sig in Randburg says, apart from renamed toppled statues and burnt out libraries, what has decolonization achieved since liberation? So you can see where this is going and, and great that people are already asking questions, already engaging. So that's what we're talking about this morning. Uh, we are asking, um, you know, following the calls that you've made, could a decolonization of our traditional systems, at least, um, mean that we would return to the old way of doing things? So let us hear your views on 891 You can SMS us on 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. Let's introduce our guest, Professor Pitika Antuli, in studio with me. Thanks for coming through. Uh, thank you, Sakira, and to the listeners as well. And joining us from our Cape Town studios is Dr. Loazi Lushaba. Thanks for your time as well, once again. I greet black people and I greet your listeners and I greet you, Sakina. Thank you so much. Now, firstly, I think uh, this is quite important. A tweet here from uh, King Damane who says, Firstly, can you please explain what decolonization is and I think for the longest time we've just assumed that everybody is with us on this journey and understands what this is about so let's start there Dr. Lushaba I, I, I think that there is something um, that we must be allowed to, to do um, as the formerly colonized people and the colonized people are black people Now, I think as the formerly colonized there is a point at which we must say 
that we no longer have the capital to explain to white people what our lives, what we desire our lives to be. I think that a major drawback in these discussions is that we find ourselves having to explain to white people what it is that will mean for the integrity of our being as black people. And I think that discussion is not very helpful. I think we must get to a point where as black people we want to talk amongst ourselves and convince ourselves, disagree amongst ourselves, and convince ourselves as to what would the integrity of our being as black people be or as the formerly colonized be. Now, what would decolonization mean for us as black people? One will said time and again that you had a social, political, economic, and educational system under colonialism that robbed us of our own cultures, that robbed us of our being as black people. Now, decolonization would mean that in all of these spheres, we must end up with political, educational, social, and, poli- and, and economic programs that reinvest in our being, reinvest us with our own cultures as black people, reinvest us with our own languages, reinvest us, you know, with our humanity, such that the humanity that was denied to us by colonialism may then be brought back to us. Our languages that were denigrated by colonialism are returned to us. Our cultures that were considered backward and barbaric now have, you know, an integrity, you know, also of being. Now, for us as the previously colonized, as black people, there are three things that I think cannot govern our cosmology or cannot govern the way in which we function in the world. One of those is reason. The second one is rationality. And the third is the logic of capital. Now, modernity is founded on these three assumptions. Everything you do is something that can be, must be something that can be reasonably justified on the basis of rational reason, and it must obey the principles of capital. Now, we do know that our systems do not, our systems as black people, our cosmologies as black people, do not aspire to align themselves to these three principles of modernity. Now, as long as you ask me questions that I must justify my culture, I must justify everything I do and ask me, is it reasonable, is it rational? Already you're putting to me a value system because reason and rationality, these are not neutral things. These are value-laden concepts that emerge out of particular cultures. Now, my life as a black person, as Luazilu Shaba, who teaches in a university, is lived simultaneously in this physical world. It's lived here together with the ancestral logic or with the logic of the ancestral world. As I walk here, as I talk here, present with me are my ancestors. Now, if you then coerce all of us into the logic of reason and rationality and capital, you're going to say, but how are you going to prove that? Because reason, rationality, and capital work only on the basis of what is empirically verifiable. Now, our cosmologists do not obey the logic, that logic of verifiability. So decolonization would mean, you know, for us as black people, that our cultures, our being is allowed to express itself, but also such that the humanity that was denied to us by colonialism is restored to us. So where do we start with all of this? Is there a logical place or do we just, um, you know, do whatever we do in the various spheres of our lives, uh, Professor? 
Yeah, I think, uh, I, mean, I mean, to start with, I agree uh, uh, much with uh, Professor Lushaba. Where I disagree is that we were colonized. We are no longer colonized. I believe that we are colonized. Politically, <laughs> we decolonized. But broadly, we didn't. We are remaining with coloniality, which is a template of uh, oppression, that we are doing exactly what the uh, oppressors wanted us to do. Our parliamentary systems, our education system, everything about us responds to that rationality and that logic that uh, uh, the Professor Lushaba is uh, you know, talking about. So first and foremost, what we really need to, to, to do is to remember that whenever colonialism colonialists settled anywhere, the first thing that they do is to paralyze the culture of a people in order to effect you know, total domination. And once that culture is uh, 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 you know, done, we need to come up with a cultural revolution to discover who indeed we really are. We are not just simply a matter of brains as far as we are concerned. We are brains, we are body, we are spirit. You cannot separate this. Even the radical idea of decolonizing the mind panders again to reflect that coloniality. We have got to do far much more than that. We need to go back and find out as to who are we as a people. Let me give you one example, mm. for an instance. Is that uh, we are told that a man is the head of the family. But everything that Africa tells you is that man is not the head of the family. When I say to me, at home, that gazi means that is an awesome king. In Dotagazi, my daughter is an awesome person. Uh, the woman umfazi is constructed out of two of the most powerful concepts concept of uh, death and the concept of life highly respected we would not have to ponder and yet the system that we have uh, privilege men over uh, i mean over women so we need therefore to come up with an education system a government system that is going to respond to the real realities of who we are as a people we need to carry out that archaeology of who we really are as people. What is our worldview? We hold that the earth that we occupy here is a sacred earth. We hold that everything that is linked with it is what we are, we are talking about, not the issue of capital and the matter of gains. So, so, so basically then, it's, it's not an easy concept no. uh, given you know, what our lives are about and, and, and the influences uh, that are brought to bear. So... If you were to start in the education system, Professor um, uh, uh, Pitika, where would you start? If I were to start at the university, I would say each and every university first must have a, a course open to everybody else. And that course should be the course of the African Renaissance. The, 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 the components of the course are going to be the question of reconstruction. What are we reconstructing that has been de- you know, destroyed? What are we renewing that had been uh, uh, you know, taken away? Where are we refocusing ourselves to? How do we remember the dismembered people that had been brought uh, you know, together? In, in, and when we do that, we are going to go back to find that uh, uh, you know, Africa and even South Africa had contributed very significantly uh, to world civilization. Just on the border between us and uh, Namibia, where we are at the Apollo Cave Number Two, we have got a freestanding painting on a stone that was painted twenty-seven thousand five hundred years before Christ here on our on our place. Mm. 
You go to the old Leidenberg. We are going to find statues and sculptures made of terracotta that were done 1,500 BC here in our country. And yet this is not in our own uh, 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 in the syllabus. We had a civilization at Mahabeng, at Tulamela, at Mapungubwe, and all of these. They are not actually in our own uh, kind of uh, in the syllabuses. So then the universities need to find out as to whether what is Africa's contribution in the science, in mathematics, in spirituality, in a range of things. We can even go back to uh, the Dogon people who have discovered centuries ago that uh, life started from a, uh, from a vibration of strings. And the Western world only discovered this in 1970 with a string theory in physics. And yet an ordinary creation myth of the Dogon says, Ama, the sky god, took a paw, which is an invisible seed, which we assume is an atom, split it into four. It took one of the clavicles and shook them. It produced seven vibrations out of which the galaxies and the universes uh, uh, were born. The same Dogon people knew the trajectory and the movement of Sirius B star around Sirius uh, in a B centuries ago, which was discovered no less, uh, not more than 25 years ago with the power of powerful uh, scopes. Then we ask ourselves as to when we say modernity, 500 years from, t- from, from 1500 to 2000, that is an age of modernity. But that modernity was not the only modernity. It was the local modernity of the Western world, not of China, not of India, and not of, uh, uh, of Africa. So modernity in itself hides behind it coloniality, that while they were modernizing, they were feeding us with minds so that we become like the Western world and not to be like our, ourselves. We are being disembodied of our identity, of our spirit, of our beliefs, of practically everything that makes us who we, uh, uh, who we really are. So the universities are faced with the challenge. I've said it this many times that I have to repeat it. When we merged our universities, we had an opportunity to reimagine our universities, to recreate our universities in line with our knowledge systems, our cosmologies, our, uh, our everything that is about us. But because coloniality was settling, all of us as professors, as vice chancellors and anything, were caught in the mirror of fascination of the Western world and lost uh, the very opportunity of redressing uh, the issues that Mm. could have made our life better. But but if you suggest that we start this, the the universities need to start looking at this, uh, does that not further reinforce um, the colonization? Why not start, you know... uh, at a more basic level. No, no, you're right. We, 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 we start at the most basic level when children are still fresh from, um, from there to be taught also in their languages, uh, to be taught in their own uh, languages because language itself carries out philosophies. We have got Professor Lushaba. His first name is what is Loazi, right? When we say Uluazi, which is knowledge, mm. the first four letters of the six is Ulua. Ulua, you fight, Z, knowledge. Knowledge is that which is worth fighting for. It, it describes itself you know, in the language, and yet we do not actually even realize that. Let me give you just one example so as to give people an opportunity. We assume that uh, in, in, in Sutu and in Zulu, when you add up to 10, 
you you say gunya bili gutatu gune shano and you, you think when you come to shano you are still adding. We are not adding. When you shano you are shano gela. You are turning things out. Supoza lapa matupa kombisa we are symbolizing. Shia kalombili, robedi, robong, shia kalolunye, you are subtracting, 10 we are resolving. Before you get to 10, you are adding, you are symbolizing, you are subtracting. That's uh, the intense philosophy built actually into our language when people actually teach this, they are not even aware uh, of what they are saying because uh, as Mazizi Gunena said, the wisdom is in words and they are forgotten meanings. And colonialism made us to forget our concepts, our meanings, uh, in indeed in, in, in order to effect a total forgetfulness of our very being as human beings. Dr. Nushaba? Yeah, um, you see, the, the, tra- the tragedy of modern life from Temba, uh, Professor Anjuli, is that mm. it makes young people argue with elderly people. I, I, I grew up Zulu. I do not know that I can sit and argue with an elderly person across the table. Um, I, do not, I do not intend to do that, but let me agree with you. Um, when I say that, you know, um, the formally colonized, it is in the strict formal sense um, or the limited formal sense. As you have explained, coloniality is a much larger reality of black people. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, let me return to a few other things that, that um, have come up. One is where do we start? I think that um, there is an unfortunate thing that is going to happen to us as black people in South Africa. 20, 30 years down the line, when the archives are read, all that would be found is that myself, Professor Ndul, and several other self-loving black people discussed these matters and did not do anything. Hmm. Now, we're tired of talking about mm-hmm. these things. Uh, we <clears throat> must do things. You know, SFM must not call us and we talk about these things, and then the next thing, SFM perpetuates white values. Now, in a society that is 86% black, I think that it is time that as black people, we realize that if we continue to mimic whiteness, we are forever going to remain inferior to the white civilization or to the European civilization. I do not know why in a country where we constitute 86% as black people, where our languages, you know, why it is that our languages are dying. Now, one of the things that we have to do is to realize that I cannot teach you a Zulu culture in English. I cannot teach you a Kosa culture in English. I cannot teach you a Soto culture in English. It is the language as a carrier of culture and as a carrier of identity that will teach you how to be Kosa, how to be Soto. Now, you have an odd thing in this country where people who are Kosa, who are Tswana, who are Soto, but do not speak their languages. What makes them Kosa? What makes them Tswana? Um, is it? Is it? Is it because you cannot learn your culture through English. You cannot re- learn Zulu culture through English. Now, we must stop. We, we must get to a point where we say it is enough. We are not going to talk about these things in order to fulfill righteousness or in order that we may earn a salary at the end of the month or in order that we may have profiles in the public. I think that there is a point at which we must start to do things and change you know, the way in which we do things. Uh, our languages are the carriers of our wisdom. You would have seen how, you know, just now when Professor Anduli was, you know, counting in uh, I can give you a different example. The names of months in Isizu, 
they do not just tell you the names of months. They tell you what season mm. of the year it is. They tell you what it is that you can plant at that mm-hmm. time of the year. Mm. Now, how are we going to, at mm. what point are we going to teach our children these things in our languages? We continue to speak English, to nasalate English, as though, you know, to nasalate English is to exude wisdom. <laughs> and the second thing that I think we need to do, we must train black intellectuals. The universities, Professor Antuli, uh, are very important. We must train black people who are not going to suck up to white people, who are not interested in finding validation from white people in white universities. We must train black intellectuals who are self-respecting. We must train black intellectuals who love their own people, who are going to teach this knowledge. But more importantly, the problem we have is that our own knowledge has not been archived appropriately. We have Mm -hmm. not Yield, you know, a reservoir of our knowledge. We have not written about these things sufficiently enough such that they are easily retrievable, such that when people walk into libraries, they find books about these things. Now, we must train academics who are not eager to get brown points by writing for Western journals. We must get people who are going to research our own knowledge, even if the university does not recognize it. We must do it for posterity. We must do it for our own people. So we need to research this knowledge, write it, so that it becomes easily available. So one of the things that needs to happen immediately is that we must train and produce in large numbers critical black intellectuals. And on the Forum at 8 this morning, we are talking about uh, decolonization, uh, the decolonization of traditional systems in South Africa. And of course, this is a conversation that you simply cannot tame. And uh, just looking at some of the messages, tons of them coming through. Uh, this one here from Milano says, uh, so many unknowns. I think we need a debate on decolonization like every three months. Uh, Dr. Uh, Tabo Ditsele says, I've been to Michigan in the USA and found people of Scandinavian heritage who passed on Scandinavian values to their children through English. Uh, Sipo says, your guests are right, but can they include poverty, um, country economy influence in this discussion? Sure. Uh, Kimi Daniel says, uh, de- uh, decolonization is changing your name from Jimmy to Mzwanele. Uh, why did uh, we did that with Pretoria to Tswane? We inherited a lot from our colonizers. Uh, King Damane says, today's forum is one of those forums that deserve two hours. I'm sure Rowena won't mind. I'm sure she will. And uh, a few others also <laughs> coming through. Um, uh, Ma says, Sakina, tell the professors I'm here ready to be trained. And uh, um, um, then a few others as well. But let me go to the lines. 891 because there are so many calls. And mm. I'm hoping that they will raise a lot of the issues that we haven't touched on yet. And just for those who may have joined in late, our guest this morning, Dr. Loazi Lushaba um, from the Department of Political studies at the University of Cape Town uh, on the line to us and in our Joburg studio, Professor Pite Gantuli, South African sculptor, poet, writer, activist, academic, uh, and uh, these are our guests, so let's hear your views. Anonymous in Vitbank, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Welcome. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm a South African Zimbabwean. So I'm actually an engineer myself by profession, but I can tell you, every year, at the end of the year, I go home to Zimbabwe, to my rural area where I grew up, 
heading cattle. I bought cattle for people to plow the fields where I grew up. I speak Shona with the common people. I tell you the best way to decolonize the, the people, especially here in South Africa, they must have land, traditional land in the rural areas. That is the best place to raise the boy child and the girl child. You teach responsibility at a very early age, six o'clock, uh, six, seven years old. You go out heading cattle, you're looking after cattle. When you grow older, a bit older, you, you know how to spend cattle to plow. You know how to, to, to plow in the fields and to weed. For girls, they are taught how to go and fetch water and firewood, and they are taught how to cook from a very early age. I am just a common person there when I go there. I am not even an engineer. I just talk to the common people like a, like a, an ordinary person. So the best thing is reclaim the culture, and the best way to have culture, to reclaim the culture is go back to the rural areas. You can come to work in the cities, but holidays, send the kids to school so that they grow up knowing the African way of life. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Let's speak to uh, Rasul in Durban. Good morning. Good morning to you, and good morning to the listeners. Uh, I'm Rasul Sneiman from the Khoisan Liberation Movement, and I think we need this debate was long overdue, and it happens at a very shallow level. Uh, the entire educational system needs to be re-evaluated and decolonized and delinked from the perpetuation of the status quo. Mm. Uh, for example, you find there's a lot of conformity in this, the system. It doesn't, for example, teach you how to think. It teaches you what to think and how to be conformist. For example, you come into assembly, you stand and you sing the stem. For example, uh, for someone coming from a liberation background, why should I sing the stem? You know, so it's that complex relationship between the politics of the day, the, 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 the continuation of colonialism, and the new emerging African consciousness. You know, where do we go? How do we find the balance? In 1994, when we began the negotiations, we began by adopting what was existing then, and we imposed it on the people now. With the end result, we now have even our subjects conforming us to the status quo. For example, you will not get someone teaching you on uh, anarchism as as a political means. Why shouldn't they? We now sit and we use the political language of the day to say, do everything peacefully but conform to the state, when in fact you are the state, you have the right to question the state. So we are taught in many ways to be subservient to our government. We are taught to be subservient to the status quo. Instead of being the masters of government, we are becoming the servants of government. And I think... Somewhere in this paradigm of education, we've been miseducated and disempowered. Mm. Thank you so much, Rasul and Durban. Muzi is in Kanyamazane. Good morning. Yes, how are you? Good morning. How are you? Yes, I'm But I'm sorry not to preach in your claim because today we've touched something that uh, connects us with our ancestors. Uh, you see, this thing of decolonization is a very sensitive issue because 
people like myself, Mpemba and Yuazi, who are the uh, we are enemies of this thing of of colonization, of colonization because, like myself, I'm staying with my daughter, she's seven years old. We don't have a television in our house. Then he asked me, why don't you buy a television? I said, no. I will give books by Professor Pichika Kanturi. Remember, I've got collection of your books. I'm trying to decolonize the mind of that young girl so that when I pass on on this edge, I will leave a legacy. Decolonization, it must not happen in university per se. We need to change or reform or refine our education system from great R to the foundation. We must teach our own children our own black history. We must teach our own children our own black heroes or our own black leaders. If you go to South Africa today, you will ask any child, maybe in grade 7, who's your black hero, who's your black leader? They will tell you about Nelson Mandela. Whereas they were pro, prominent leaders that were there before him. So this thing of colonization, it, starts, it happens each and every day. Even to the clothes we wear, the food we eat, it's colonization. I remember one time when I was working for another company, then I come dressed in a traditional Siswati attire. Then the boss of that company said, why are you wearing this? You are like a sambon. Then I said, oh, God, this lady is lost because she doesn't understand where I'm coming from. Today we are having problems as black people. It's because we want to imitate other cultures of the Western, uh, Western side. Today people in, in Miraji, they work in Western side. They, don't, they no longer last to get divorced. But to check those who are married, uh, take uh, which means you take a woman traditionally from, they live 50, 30, 100 years because that woman was not taken by me because I love her. It's all about the ancestors that they are bringing this child into our clan. So what I'm saying now today that... People like Professor and Professor Luazi, we must work hand in hand to decolonize even our leaders that are governing this country because they are colonized to believe that uh, when you go to a state of the nation, you must wear a suit. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Muzi. Uh, Luambo says, uh, same politicians calling for decolonization uh, of the names of buildings and streets still carry those very colonial names in their own ID documents. And then uh, Guguletu says, the problem with this decolonization movement is that it's, it's always looking backwards but has little solution for the future. Our decolonized solutions will always expand knowledge uh, but uh, still be subjected to Western standards standards of logic, for example, maths, law, uh, uh, of proof, and so on. And I know uh, the last time you did touch on this, um, uh, Dr. Luazi, so maybe let's start with you again on that. Okay, Dr. Lushaba, I'm not sure what happened to that line. Uh, Professor uh, Ntuli? 
Yeah, I just wanted to uh, respond first uh, to, to Anonymous, uh, who is an engineer. Uh, to you, I say we are the child of Mukondoro, the child of Mizimu, we are the child of Mandawe, we are the child of uh, Mbuya Nehanda. That is what frames your uh, your mind. We we thank you. Uh, you know, for uh, in the Snayman, you're right that we are discussing this thing at a very superficial level. We we need to go far and much more deeper and to find out as to whether what were the Hoi, the Sun, the Krika and the people were doing long before this modernity actually in, took in a place. When I was in the Lagitsi, you are just dead right. Our education system has got to be thorough, start from grade A and to move upward. I go to Mozambique. In Mozambique, in ordinary schools where grade A, parents and grandparents uh, are allowed to go. They are invited to go there twice or thrice a week uh, to go and continue the education that they start uh, you know, at home. And education in Mozambique is even, uh, is even free. So I don't agree that we are only talking about the past. We are only talking about the, the past and the present is again another Eurocentric thing. In an African way, cyclicality is an organizing principle. The past, the present and the future are all torn you know, together. Uh, to give you an example, even when we go up in a village to go and drink, we sit in a circle. When we go to church, uh, as Apostle Lisama Zayoni, we worship up in a church. And when we go to a party, I can go alone, but in the end, oh, I'm going to end up in a circle with somebody dancing actually in the middle and then moving out in order to tell us that when we are in power, you don't want to remain there forever. You must go and have your little dance in there and go back actually into the circle. Cyclicality is an organizing principle. We are going to the back, to the past in order that uh, we must move to the future. As my baby say, we move. To, to retreat is not to is not to flee, but in order to gain strength, in order to know that as I go forward, what am I taking along with me? That's an exercise that uh, Sakina has brought us here to do. And um, uh, Dr. Lushaba, just a tweet as well to respond to from Vanessa McBride, who says, why do both your guests see decolonization as eschewing rational thought and reason, not great for science? No, no, no. I didn't quite get it there. Um, I didn't quite get the reading of the tweet there, Sakina. She says, um, uh, basically, uh, you are assuming rational thought and reason uh, to this notion of decolonization, and that that is not necessarily great for science. Now, I, I do not think that, you know, um, we've had this discussion before. I, I do not think that science should be construed as something that exists as a fossil fully formed there. What constitutes science is basically what we make as human beings, make it out to be. So there is nowhere where you go and you find science completely fully formed and then you retrieve it into society. Now what happens is that Europe, when it modernizes, it invents disciplines that today we call science because it needed those disciplines in order to advance capitalism. Now, if you look at all of these things that are called science, these disciplines, chemistry, physics, and, you know, all of those disciplines, as they exist today, 
they serve no purpose other than to advance capitalism. The purpose of a physicist who's trained today is to go and work in the industry so that they may advance capitalism. Even, we now know, even the pharmaceutical industry, we now know that its interest is not to heal people, but it is to advance capital. Now, the, the point, I want to make that point with the point that I had just now, because I got cut, I didn't hear much of the, the, the discussion, that I just had Pemba uh, um, mention now. It is the fact that, you know, education has a much larger value than just to enable me to earn a salary. Education has a value in order to make me a better person. And to be a better person is not to have money. To have money does not identify or does not define your being or your identity. Now, the problem we have in South Africa is that we look at education as having one value, as that thing that enables you to consume. Now, if we thought of education as something that builds a society, if we think of education as something that enables people to interact with the environment better, now we would know that we have to teach people not the things that have sense in the market. In that case also, we may redefine the ultimate objective of educating people. It is that understanding, that limited understanding of education that leads people to think that we have to preserve science as it is because it is what the industry requires, because industry functions and it is what defines reality. Now, the world as it is, the modern world as it is, was constructed. It is not a natural state of affairs. If we do things the way we do them, is not a natural state of affairs. We constructed this welfare, we did not, we were not part of that construction. Europe constructed the world as is, and we were able to accept it as it is. Now, if we infuse our education with a different value system, suppose the purpose of education was the preservation of life and the world. Now, it means that you are going to organize your disciplines in a different way. The, the disciplines I teach in a discipline of political science, Political science, as I teach it to students today, is simply something that Europe invents at the point of modernity because it needed now to understand new forms of political authority that were emerging. Now, if the purpose of education of political science in Europe was to understand European structures, political structures, it means that in Africa, political science must have a different purpose. It can't be that same purpose that it had in Europe, but also we have to take a, a different underlying value system and infuse it into our education. Mm. Our purpose is not to reproduce capital. Our wow. purpose must be to preserve life. Now, in that case, I think that we would end up with a completely different education system. Now, these disciplines as they exist today, mathematics, physics, political science, and all these disciplines, would perhaps take a different configuration. So what is partly needed is that we need to get out, you know, of this segmentation of knowledge because this is not how other societies think. This is how Europe thought. Now, you would know very well that when we sing as black people, in singing there is a certain worshipping that is involved. When we sing, when we are said, you know, we are also atoning to ancestors. Now, if you then segment our knowledge into religious studies, into politics, into all of those things, what you then do, you turn to us and say, you say you had your own knowledge. 
So who were your philosophers? Who were your sociologists? Okay. Let's this pause. This is not Let's how pause. we talk mm. about knowledge. Okay. And, 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 and that is a very, very profound statement. And, of course, uh, fast running out of time and uh, necessary things that need to be done. Uh, Dr. Loazi Lushaba and Professor Pitika Antuli talking about decolonization with us this morning and so many messages, but also calls to get through. Uh, let's go to uh, Dr. Lulo in Valcom. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I, I have a problem with the whole thing of thinking decolonization has to be discussed by very highly academic people. When, when initially the reason why the, the Europeans came here was basic, basic labor and economics. And the, the ones who came here never had any academic interest. They never came here to uh, take away the, 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 the traditions of the local people. They just wanted... Land, they wanted human beings, soldiers to make money for them. Now, that, act, that exercise ended. That exercise does not have any currency now. Decolonization will mean to say, stop, we are now free of ourselves, get out, whatever they have done now belongs to us. Let us not have treaties with them anymore. Bricks should be stopped. What is the bricks for? We are continuing this colonization ourselves now. So why do we bring and take a lot of things to try to explain our traditions? Uh, those are still interests. Why, why don't we just practice them and come to a stand and say all those who are not part of Africa should not be practicing and doing what they want in Africa? Okay. That's Dr. Lulo in uh, Valcom. Uh, Kopela in Kimberley, what, uh, what's your view? Good morning, Shakina. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I just have two points to make. The first one, it will be a, a, a comment. Because I honestly believe um, for a total emancipation or decolonization, we need to start looking at our education system, deep away with the Paul Kruger Sandrudeke history lessons. Start educating our children about Nkuruma, El Comandant Castro, Kadati, Sobube, and Biko. And finally, my question to your guest will be, um, what is the role that the stage from the apartheid era are playing in, in our uh, our minds in this modern day um, history in, in terms of our society. Oh, because when you walk around, you are being minded by these colonizers from the apartheid who still hold on, on to their status, I thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Kopela. So, Professor Ntuli? I think uh, I like that question personally as a sculptor. Those monuments that are in there are there to reinforce the ideology of uh, coloniality. That is it. If somebody were to bomb South Africa, God uh, bless, that should not happen. Future archaeologists will conclude that South Africa was a very white country. I make giant uh, uh, you know, statues about uh, our own history, but no one, not anybody is in, actually even interested in it. But let's leave that. Let's get over to the uh, the question of science. Science was used uh, in the colonization in itself. We were colonized because we were said we were animistic. We believed that uh, you know trees have got life, uh, have got spirit. Stones have got life, have got spirit. Therefore, we needed to be given Christianity. Today, quantum mechanics and quantum physics itself tells you that consciousness is not just a product of the brain, but it is a product of the trees, the flower, and everything uh, you know that we have. 
Oh, uh, Einstein, as a scientist, uh, he was regarded as the cleverest man in the world because he got rid of the dichotomy between space and time in order to come with a space-time continuum. In my language, uh, time is isikati, space is umkati. Umkati and isikati are indivisible. So that in our culture, we could not have spent hundreds of years like the Europeans trying to solve the question of space and, uh, and time. So we need very fundamentally to uh, revamp our own uh, uh, you know, education uh, 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 you know, system in our own languages, in our own, uh, in our own time, to move from a, pa- a parliamentary system into a uh, uh, in, in, in a system where we debate in order to reach consensus, not to score points. Ofani, Mzwandile, Robin Stone, everybody else, uh, you know what? We will consider. Everybody's asking us to extend this discussion because there simply wasn't enough time. And there are so many other issues that are Mm. also coming up. The question about religion and decolonization, which I think is a fascinating Mm. one. And then also um, the traditional courts bill as it stands. Some Mm. question about uh, whether this is not recycling feudalism and things like that. So still quite a bit to be discussed. Tell you what, we'll go back as a team now and we'll speak to the guests and we'll see if we can work something out you'll know bright and early tomorrow morning what the forum at a discussion will be perhaps we'll continue if we can't we'll let you know when we will at that it's thanks so much to our listeners and of course also to our guests this morning professor pitika Antuli and dr luazi lushaba it's just after nine and time now for the latest news with nomsam luli